Hello and welcome to the 4D Human Being podcast. I'm Katie Churchman and today I'm talking with Penelope Waller about journeys. The journeys we take in our everyday lives, whether that be by train, plane, bus, foot or car. We're looking at how these everyday journeys reflect the way we live our lives. How can we see journeys not just as a way of getting from A to B, but as a destination in their own right? And how can we use delays, those annoying extra bits of time, to live in a more conscious, creative and connected way? This is the 4D Human Being Podcast. Join us as we journey into your everyday commute. You wanted to talk about journeys today. So can you tell me and our listeners why that topic came to mind? Yes. So I spend a lot of time traveling, Katie, as you know, and a lot of people spend a lot of time traveling, whether that's a commute in a train or in a car or the school pickup, or uh, as I do, I tend to travel to airports quite a lot in cars. And then obviously by default, I'm in airplanes quite a lot. And I had this moment the other day in the car where I was sitting quite uncomfortably for quite a long period of time and I didn't move myself because I thought, I just it doesn't matter, I'm nearly there, I'm nearly there, I just need to get there, it doesn't matter. And it, it sounds like a really tiny thing, but I had quite an uncomfortable journey. I was a little bit flustered about various things. I wanted to respond to some pinging on my phone. And, and I got to the airport and then there was a slight delay on the flight And so I was sitting in the airport for a while. And again, I was just kind of twiddling my thumbs and feeling a bit frustrated, looking at the board a lot and realised that by the time I got to my destination, the best part of a day had gone by. And what I had spent most of my time doing is just wishing the time away as quickly as possible, just wanting it to get done, be done, get out of the way so that I could get to where I needed to get to. And I had this thought that flashed in my head. It was a question to myself, and I don't, I'm not quite sure where it came from. But the question to myself was, is this how I'm living my life? Is this how I live the journey of life? And it was, to say the least, a little bit discombobulating as a question to myself. It was a bit concerning. So that's where this idea came from. And when I mentioned it to you, you then came back and we, we started emailing about, you know, the journey of life. And we'll talk about that today. And I think it's also interesting to reflect and sort of correlate in a way or see if there's a relationship between the journey of life and those journeys that we make every day. It sort of expands on the how we live our days is how we live our lives, how we live our commute or how we travel through our days is how we travel through our lives. And maybe that is more true than we'd like to admit. Yeah, exactly. And I have always thought of myself, I mean, I'm certainly not a, a a lark. I see myself more as an owl, although I'm sort of neither, really. I quite like to get up late and go to bed early. Um, but I do definitely look forward to getting into my bed at night. I do definitely look, I, I definitely look forward to it. My, my family are like this, you know, we're, most of us are, are pretty keen on going to bed. We love sleeping and I like it when I go to bed. And I draw the curtains and I feel like 
I've kind of completed and rounded off a day. You know, the dishwasher is done, the washing has been put away, the kids have had a good day, they've been fed, bathed, put to bed, and all the urgent emails have been done. It feels like I've kind of tied off the day. And it's one of the most satisfying moments of each day for me is when everything is done. That's why when you come back to that quote, the fact that that is my most satisfying moment says something to me. Says something to me about wanting just to close everything down and complete everything. <laughs> or perhaps maybe that's the start of another journey, a journey where you aren't so focused on the end result, the outcomes. Maybe going to sleep is when you actually get to release and actually be present in whatever sleep state you're in. I mean, is that not another journey in its own Yes, no, that's true, Katie. And I love that. I love that reframing. I love that reframing. And it, it makes me wonder, what is it about that moment where it feels very satisfying and freeing and releasing? And how can I capture that a little bit more throughout the day? Because it is such a lovely feeling. And I think there are probably people who manage to live a lot more of their life feeling like that, feeling released, feeling free, feeling like they're uh, enjoying the journey a, a bit more, um, who, who don't perhaps need to sort of button everything down, lock it all down, have it all done. So it just it just made me curious, particularly because of the amount of time that I do spend between A's and B's travelling around. Uh, it's It's a big chunk of my time that I'm trying to get through and get buttoned down and completed. So perhaps there are ways to reflect on that feeling of going to bed that I could, what do I enjoy about that, that I could bring more into the day-to-day. Yeah, and I wonder as well whether, and I know you are a very busy person, but we as a society do tend to cling to the busy narrative. Mm. And I remember having a real wake-up call to this when I had um, my knee surgery last year because I always told people when they asked, oh, how are you doing? I'm so busy. And obviously when I had knee surgery, I was housebound and I was not busy. (laughs) And I was clinging to this narrative and I wanted it to be true because that was part of my identity. And it was really releasing when I finally sort of settled into the, the not busy narrative and actually taking some of that into my everyday life, you know, post knee surgery has been helpful because I don't necessarily have to be busy and traveling all over the world. I can do it, you know, in a different way and, you know, with a different storyline. So my question to you would be during that period of time, did, how much time did you spend in your head thinking, I just, I just got to get through this so that when, when my knee is better, life can start again. Oh, it was quite funny. So I I came to the surgery thinking that I was going to use this time to study. And so I bought all my highlighter pens and I had like my books (laughs) by where I was going to lie on the sofa for a couple of weeks. And I didn't take into account the, the trauma of surgery, not just physically, but emotionally. You know, getting over that was actually much harder than I realized. And so I was forced to slow down in every way. And It took me about two weeks to settle into that. My mind was still trying to sort of hold on to the busy narrative and my body was just like, well, I'm really slow, so I can't. And eventually they they sort of found an equilibrium. And I remember lying with my legs up the wall because that's a really great way of reducing (laughs) inflammation for anyone out there who um, has had knee surgery. Um, 
And I was just listening to music and it was the Billy Joel song, um, Vienna. Oh, and nice. it's just something like, slow down, you crazy fool or you crazy child. And I was like, my gosh, I haven't just listened to music in so long. I've always been doing something mm. else. And that said a lot about how I have been living my life. It's always like a multitasking approach. Yeah. And the joy of just listening to music. Wow. Yeah. I I have the absolute epitome of this, Katie, which is about a month ago, I was very fortunate to be on holiday uh, on a beautiful Croatian island with uh, one of my sisters and some friends. We were there doing some yoga. And... As anybody who read our last month's newsletter will know, I had just had a flood in my house. And one particular day, we were going out on a boat to see the blue caves on this island, which, as you can imagine, you sort of you go through a cave in a boat and it's unsurprisingly, it's all blue. Uh, absolutely stunning. <laughs> and we're in, this, we're in this boat. I'm on my phone. This is this beautiful, sunny Croatian island with this crystal clear blue sea. I'm on my phone emailing the insurance company about the flood in my house. And suddenly I hear this cry from this friend next to me, head down. And I look up from my phone and I'm inches from the entrance of the cave, which is really, really low. Everybody had to get right down in the boat. Uh, And I duck my head down just in time to stop my head being smashed against a cave, get into the amazing blue cave, lift my head up and start texting on my phone again. Um, We do the circular tour of the cave and we go back out and I'm still on my phone emailing the insurance company. And... I didn't even realise that I was doing it. I was so determined to get this thing sorted and buttoned down. I had just missed the Blue Cave experience that I had, you know, paid good money for on my holiday to see. Um, And it was another really good example of, uh, unlike you, who took that time to listen to the music and sort of recognised enjoying the moment. It was another really good example for me that, my my system, my being is much more focused on getting the thing done than enjoying the journey. And that was a very particular journey as well. That wasn't a commute on the M25 around London. That was a very, very beautiful journey. Um, so there's been a few things recently that have made me think about enjoying the journey a little bit more. That said, though, Penn... It did take four knee surgeries for me to slow down and just listen to a song. So it wasn't like I got there easily. Well, well, it's a re- it's a really good point though, Katie, because they do say, don't they, that if if you don't slow down when you need to, if you don't sort of relish the moments and I suppose take care of yourself in a way, that perhaps the universe might throw you things every so often. I mean, the universe nearly threw me a crack on a crack on the head going into a cave. Uh, you know, the universe threw you a knee surgery. I think you know perhaps the universe might throw you things, sort of for you to be awake and and see the journey Uh, so I am mindful of that as well not that I'm superstitious or anything but I am mindful of that Uh, and I I I think you know it's interesting talking to you about your knee surgery because we have spoken about it a few times and there have just been a few things recently that have really made me aware of the fact that I've been a little bit in my mind too focused on getting there getting it done and perhaps a, a little unfocused on what's actually happening while I'm getting there. Oh, it really resonates, Pen, and I'm sure it does with a lot of our listeners because it's it's not just in the journey, it's if I get this day done, yeah. it'll be the evening. If I get this week done, it'll be the weekend. If I get this yeah. month done, it'll be holiday. If I get this year done, yeah. it's just constant, constant, constant. And 
yeah, I really struggle with that too. I have to catch myself yeah. constantly, not wishing for something to be over. As Elton John said, don't wish it away. Don't look at it like it's forever. <laughs> oh, we have some classic music references going on today. <laughs> Yes, and so, and interestingly, I I was going to talk about just just the journey. You know, how can we literally make that hour long journey to the airport more productive, or more interesting, or more enjoyable, whatever it might be? Um, and I, it was you, really, Katie, that triggered me into thinking. No, that's that's exactly right. It's a it's an analogy. It's an analogy for the bigger for the bigger journey of life. Not to say that there's not useful things we can do in the car instead of just thinking I've just got to get there, got to get there. We could listen to podcasts or listen to some nice music. And yeah, there is the link to how we're living our lives. Are we wishing? Are we are we wishing it away so we can get to next Christmas? You know. Yeah, and when we are handed unexpected time, as we often are when we're travelling, I had this the other day when I was coming back from Mexico, and I didn't have anything in particular to get back for, but I was so frustrated by, it was only an hour and a half or maybe two hours that was taken from me. And I'm always wishing for more time to to listen to a podcast or meditate, and I didn't use it for any of these valuable things. I basically just got myself into a state of frustration, and that wasn't helping anyone particularly me. And I don't know why I don't see unexpected time that's sometimes given to me as a gift. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, there was, I was reading up on somebody, there was a few stories that I read up on about the daily commute. And quite a few people in this article had stories about the fact that actually taking a different approach to the 75 minute commute had completely changed their lives. And one guy, he decided that he was going to start talking to the people around him. I think it was in the States, because if that was in the UK, I don't think anybody would talk back to you, but I might be wrong. But he decided to talk to some people and ask them some questions. And it started a thought process in his mind uh, around an entrepreneurial idea. And he launched a company that now helps people create their CVs um, uh, in, a, in a very creative way and he's got a very successful business and it was purely through talking to people on the train that that came to light so there are highly productive ways to enjoy the journey and even if it doesn't lead to business or anything anything like that it doesn't just have to be getting through it it can be something else like you said you know let's listen to Billy Joel Vienna you know if you haven't heard that song for a while it can bring joy can't it yeah and actually, sometimes stepping away from the need to be productive. I wrote an article about this a while back called um, In Defense of Daydreaming. Because apparently, oh, a I, lot lo- of us I love aren't... daydreaming. It's one of my favorite yeah. things to do. <laughs> I know. And we don't do it anymore because we have our mobile phones with us everywhere. You only have to look <gasps> yeah, at Tube Station and everyone's That's got true. their head tucked down into their phone. And 10, 15 years ago, that would have been space for people just to daydream and create their own entertainment in their mind, which. I worry is being lost. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, you're so right, Kate. It doesn't have to be anything monumental. It just has to be a use of the time because that time is as much part of your life and your journey as whatever destination you're you're going to get to. And in fact, sometimes we spend that time, come on, we've got to get there. For any of you out there who've ever, I don't know, had an argument with your partner on the way to a dinner party or on the way to a restaurant because perhaps you're late or perhaps there's some traffic or you're just not enjoying the journey very much. And then you get to the restaurant 
and you actually don't end up having a particularly great evening at the restaurant. We think that when we get to that destination at the end of that journey, it's going, you know, it's going to be great because that's what we're trying to get to. And then quite often, it isn't any better than the time we'd spent in the car getting there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we are who we are, right? I... Whether we're in a car or in a restaurant, we are who we are. I know, but we think it's it's going to change yeah. magically when we get in there. Yeah, yeah. I um I love hanging out with Dan's grandparents, Ron and Sylv, who you met at the wedding, yeah. because they're so mindful to the little details, particularly when it comes to journeys. And uh, Ron, in particular, goes on this walk every day. Every time I see him, he will tell me about his walk, where he goes and stops at Daisy's and drinks a coffee and reads yesterday's newspaper, and he'll tell me about the people he meets along the way. And it, you know, it's a really simple walk. It's probably something that I do as part of my commute on a daily basis. But the way he sees it and the way he yeah. experiences it is completely different. And I, yeah. I get a lot of joy from hearing how he sees life because I don't often see it like that. No, that's so what I loved him. That is so wonderful, Katie. And it's a really good lesson. And we talk about it a lot, don't we? We talk about it a lot in terms of having intentionality in every moment and creating experience in every moment. And I would probably say, I don't know if this is fair or not, but I'd probably say I've got, I've got not bad. I've got not, not bad. I've got pretty good at it. I'm not bad at being quite aware of the experience I'm creating. Certainly when I interact with other people, on a sort of really day-to-day basis, I'm much more mindful that there is a human being in front of me than I used to be back in my 20s. So I'm, I'm pretty good at a lot of the time being aware of the experience I'm creating. There is something for me about being in a car or an aeroplane that all of that seems to vanish. And I, I, go, I go back to being this rather asleep, not literally, obviously that would be terribly dangerous, but uh, less conscious person um, perhaps it is partly because I'm often on my own or I feel like I'm in sort of some sort of solitary bubble that I kind of go slightly into shutdown. And oh, I'm going to think about I'm going to think about Dan's granddad now. I'm going to think about the joy that he creates in his life in those moments and what I'm missing. But you're not alone in that. So I found some research from the University of Pennsylvania and apparently there are two things that are fundamentally missing in 95% of travel excursions and it's belonging and purpose. And it's no secret that most people feel isolated and lonely when they're traveling. Yeah, because we are often isolated. I mean, that's that's interesting because that is the world we've created in, in travel, either because literally you're on your own in a car or because we have tended to create a culture in trains and planes where... You're just not really invited to talk to other people. Certainly, I would say in our English culture, and I'm sure many other cultures, if you hear people sort of engaging quite loudly on trains or on planes, everybody kind of turns and stares like something weird is happening. So even though we are all collectively together physically in a space, there is this kind of unwritten rule that we're all on our own and we we don't talk to people that we don't know. So that makes perfect sense that we feel... We feel kind of isolated. I almost feel like other people can't see me when I'm on a plane. Yeah. 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 It's different over here, I must say, in America, or at least the South. I've been surprised at the amount of engagement I've had with people on planes and buses. You know, I consider myself quite chatty and conversational, but in those moments, 
as you said, I normally feel invisible. Yeah. And um, it surprises me. And I, How does it feel? I'm just in a different frame of mind. Yeah. So I really have yeah. to sort of switch it because exactly I'm just so it. used to sort of zoning out. And sometimes initially it might be a little bit uncomfortable because I'm just in this like solo space. But actually what that is, is just a complete disconnection from the world. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a healthy thing. Yeah. And I do meet some wonderful characters. Yeah. I mean, you know, I hear their stories and learn about their life experiences. And so there really is an opportunity when you travel. Yeah, it's to so To connect true. with lots of different people. But I don't think, particularly in the UK, we're very good at doing it. Yeah, it's so, it's so true. And it, you've made me think, Katie, that when I said earlier about the fact that, you know, because of our work and what we do, I feel like I'm pretty good a lot of the time at being intentional, being quite aware of the experience that I'm having and creating. Because I'm, as you, as you said, quite busy, we're all pretty busy, uh, because I'm a mother, there aren't very many moments in my life, apart from when I go to bed, uh, which is a joyous moment, there aren't many moments in my life where I'm on my own. And actually being in the car or being in the aeroplane although I'm not actually alone, but it gives me a sense of being alone. And being in the car, I, I'm on my own and travel a lot on my own in the car. And those are probably the areas where I have not got into the practice of being intentional about what I'm going to do with that time because I'm on my own and I'm used to setting intention when I'm engaging with other people and not necessarily setting an intention to myself on my own. And now that's making me think, well, that doesn't surprise me that it happens in the car because that's one of the only places I'm on my own. You just made me think it's not just about connecting with other people. It's actually about consciously connecting to yourself yes. or other people yeah. or both. Because actually a lot of us when we travel, we're not connecting to anything. So maybe it's about connecting to something yes. or someone. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with switch off and daydreaming, as, as you said, Katie. It's just when we're in that mode of slight frustration or boredom or just get through it, that that's maybe not the most useful intention to have during that period of time. Like if I got into the car and thought, right, I've got an hour to get to the airport, I'm going to spend that whole hour creating some amazing daydream. That would be a very different experience to mm. the lack of intention and then a bit of discomfort and a bit of annoyance because I'm not getting there as quickly as I would like to. So I am going to practice, whether it's in the car, wherever it is, setting an intention towards myself, not just when I'm in relationship. It's only just come to me in this conversation, but actually, yeah, travel isn't just about, it's not about disconnecting from other people. It's about making sure you connect with yourself. If you want that alone time, as you say, that yeah. is your special time for you to be with you. And there's no reason not to put the radio on full blast in your car and just sing along to Billy Joel or Elton John, whoever you want to listen to, somebody, you know, cool, uncool, whoever you want to listen to. Uh, if that's what you want to do, just enjoy that moment. I quite often see people, I'm sure we all do, when we're driving <laughs> along who are just going nuts singing in their car. And I, I feel like they're having a better journey than me. So why not do it? Why not do it? It doesn't matter. Don't have to be wor yeah. worrying about work or worrying about people in the traffic or pump up a song. Yeah, <laughs> such a good idea. It doesn't have to be productive. I think for me, that's the big piece here because I think that's why I get so annoyed with the journey, the yeah. commute, because I can't necessarily do all the things I need to do, but that brings it back to the fact that I'm being a human doing and not a human That's being. Right. Yeah, I'm so obsessed with the, the tick list that I'm living my life like a to-do list. Yeah. And that's, 
yeah. missing the point, really. <laughs> I did not know where this conversation was going to go today, Katie. And I have to say, <laughs> I, I have to say, it it really speaks to me that the journey time for me is I have I have always looked at it exactly as you've just said, as t- as time when I can't get stuff done, and therefore it's just to be got through, or it's slightly uncomfortable, um, and that is. I'm not saying it's the only area of my life like that, but, you know, we we try quite hard, don't we, to engage others and engage ourselves. But it's it's really, really time when there is nothing you can do. You know, you definitely cannot uh, text people or respond to emails while you are driving a car. Like, you definitely cannot do that. So it really is sort of enforced solitude or self-time. And I definitely feel like, I'm sure other people feel like, I need to get more creative around that. I need to get more intentional around that time. Yeah. Because it doesn't have to be on or off, good or bad, productive or unproductive. And I think that's sometimes how we see that time. And I remember a friend at university telling me that she didn't like walking by herself. So she'd always call someone if she was by herself. And it was simply because she felt lonely and um, not part of a clique when she was walking by herself. And uh, that was really interesting to me because I guess a lot of us don't spend a lot of time on our own and it gets us maybe closer to that practice of meditation, which isn't always fun. It isn't easy. It's often hard to sit with what's going on in your head, particularly if you're going through a difficult time. Yeah. Maybe that can be useful. Yeah. Just sitting with that, seeing where you are, yeah. processing, Let, being present. Let's see it as a gift. It's the It's the gift. It's the gift that in our in our busy, busy lives, uh, we don't tend to, some of us might, but we don't tend to work so close to home. A lot of us do spend a lot of time travelling. So let's see it as a gift in a way. That's that's the time that we are being given in the way that we have structured our crazy lives. That's your time that is gifted to you for yourself. Yeah. So we definitely all do have 10 minutes where we could do a quick meditation there's so many apps out there now where you just follow the breath and notice change there's just so much that we can just tap into that we're normally saying that we don't have time for totally of course some people do go on really massive journeys like they literally will take a year out and go traveling around traveling around the world and I wonder if people are not very good at dealing with those small journeys in life what their experience is when they do a big travel journey. I mean, loads of people, it's life-changing, it's amazing. But I'm sure some people just find it's almost the same sensation as being stuck on the M25 every morning, going to work. You know, when you are when you have to wait hours in India to get on a bus or, you know, your flight is delayed in Bangkok or wherever you happen to be. If you, if you don't have an intentional approach to your day-to-day journeys and commute, why do you think it's going to be any different when you're going on a year-long journey around the world? Like it's just the same. It's just you on a bus or in a car or on a train somewhere, uh, potentially with your with yourself as well on your own. So we might as well get really good at enjoying the small journey so that we can enjoy the big journey. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting you say that because people see travel as a glamorous thing, as a getaway. But actually there is a lot of it in our everyday life that we're not appreciating. You've got a question, the people who travel from their actual lives to do travelling, you know, what are they maybe escaping from? Um, You know, what were they missing that was already there? And I'm not saying that, you know, going to Thailand isn't going to be an eye-opening, glamorous or amazing experience. But 
I'm sure you could have got some of that in the everyday, in the ordinary, yes, in the mundane. Exactly. And equally, I'm going to try very hard on my hour and a half car journey tomorrow to try and bring some of the wonder and excitement that one might have on a 12-hour bus journey in Thailand. I'm going to try and bring that to my hour and a half journey tomorrow down to, down to the south coast of England uh, and see if I can yeah, conjure up some magic in the car. I've got a quote for you. <laughs> Instead of wondering where your next vacation is, maybe you ought to set up a life you don't need to escape from. Oh! Seth Godin. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, I've enjoyed this journey, Pen. Didn't expect it to end here, but part of the process. Yeah. Part of the commute. Part of the journey. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram using the handle at 4D Human Being. And for more resources, articles and podcasts, please visit 4dhumanbeing.com. That's the number four, letter D, humanbeing.com. And remember, are you happening to the world or is the world happening to you?